You are listening to the Just Between Us Women podcast, hosted by Leah Brueggemann and Katherine Johnson. We are bringing you conversations about topics you might feel strongly about, but are too afraid to begin. How we navigate entrepreneurship as a wife and a mom without losing ourselves in either identity. We want to open the conversation and how we continue to grow in our faith while pursuing our passions. How strong communities of women help us to grow personally and ways to foster them. And taboo subjects no one wants to bring up don't need to be a business owner, a wife, or a mom to come join us. All you have to have is this desire for discussions that scratch deeper than the surface. Hey guys, we are back. I'm, okay, you. I need to stop saying that because you listened to us last week, but <laughs> we do try and batch record. So Catherine and I get on Zoom and we chat about once or twice a month. So I'm like, hey, we're back. Anyways, <laughs> um, today we are talking about derogatory terms or like things that we wish had been different when we were teenagers. Mm -hmm. And we are putting out a full disclaimer that neither one of us has teens. So we're not like, oh my gosh, this is um, our advice for parenting takes. That's not what this is about. This is literally just, um, this is things that I see. So I teach uh, piano and voice. And so I get a lot of teenagers in my studio. And sometimes I think the piano bench is a therapy bench. And they just say things, you know, what's going on at school, what's going on with them. And so I hear things there. And then I know that Catherine works with some um, teenagers. And so we just kind of, we wanted to just give some thoughts from the teen side, I guess, for lack of a. Yeah. Kind of opening up from the teen's perspective. Um, A lot of times I think adults tend to be like. So like we had meant, like Leah just said, we want to get away from the derogatory terms, derogatory language, just the like demeaning atmosphere that we have around like teenagers. For example, when people say like, oh, teenagers are just so emotional or they're acting out because they're a teenager. We need to move away from that because that's very detrimental in a lot of ways, which is what we're going to get into in this episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I guess so do you yeah. want to talk with the terms? Like you start with the terms. Yeah. I have yeah. Thoughts, go so go ahead. Yeah. Um, so when you are, okay, I'm going to get a little bit nerdy for a second. Cause I, I actually loved science all through high school. So I'm going to get a little bit nerdy, but in adolescence, I think it's up until you are 21 or 22, your prefrontal prefrontal cortex is not fully formed yet. So your prefrontal cortex is what helps you to, it helps with your impulse control and it helps with your judgment. So until it's fully formed, you don't really have full impulse control and you don't have very good judgment. Mm-hmm. So teenagers, adolescents are going to be more impulsive. They are going to be more reactive. They are going to be more like emotion-based. And then on top of that, of course, they have hormones raging because that is a very crazy time in people's lives when everything, you know, you're pretty much going through puberty or you're it's the after effect of just going through puberty. There's a lot going on. So that doesn't give our teenagers a pass to act out, but it helps us be more compassionate to them when they're acting out or making crazy rash de- decisions or jumping from one thing to the next. Yeah. And I think just when you see that happen, instead of being like, are you insane <laughs> to kind of understand a little bit more, I think that's also partly, you know, bullying is so huge online in that area, especially yeah. like, um, I can say this from experience, but I've heard this from multiple people that like TikTok is one of the most like insane place for, for bullying. 
and it is it's predominantly has teens on it and yeah. young teens mm-hmm. and it's just you know they're behind those keyboards and like you said the judgment's not there and impulse and they see something and they it's all about you know peer pressure wanting to be accepted and so I think just understanding where they're coming from is a good start. And then um, that doesn't mean you excuse it. doesn't mean there isn't consequences. But um, when I can see, like when I can view something from a different perspective, I react differently. Mm -hmm. Like the best example, I've probably said this before. I'm just going to use this example all the time because it's the best example. If somebody calls, if you have two workers that call into work, like five minutes before it's supposed to start and you are left hanging and you get really, really mad, right? One of them, their excuse is their mom just died. And the second one is I'm going on vacation to Florida. The reason behind like, you know, the worker whose mom just died, you're going to be way more compassionate and totally be like, yes, take all the time you need. And the person that just called in because they're going on vacation to Florida, you're probably going to be really upset with them. So for me, just understanding the why behind something's happening doesn't mean I excuse it, but it helps me not lose my temper as much. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also really powerful to like you as the adult in this scenario to always approach it as if there is a good reason behind it, like kind of give them the the benefit of the doubt because something that to them is like a huge deal to you because you have experienced more in life is not a big deal. But think back to when you were a teenager and the things to you that were a big freaking deal to them, it is. And so you have, you do have to validate their feelings and you do have to validate that to them. Like this thing is huge, even though it might be a little bit laughable to you as the adult, or you might have more experience on the issue. So you're like, that's not a big deal at all. Like, why are you freaking out? But in the moment, it could be a very big deal to a teenager or an adolescent, whatever term you want to use. Um, so yeah, I think that all the derogatory terms, the language around teenagers is so neat is needing so much to be changed. Because if you look around at our society nowadays, like suicides, depression, mental illness is at an all time high. And I believe that so, so much of that is from when we are young as adolescents and it's, you know, it's our peers. Yes. But it's like the people who are supposed to be an authority not giving you the compassion and the grace that you need. And Mm -hmm. so then you start to believe all the things that they tell you. Yeah, I am irrational. I'm crazy. I don't know how to control myself. I'm nothing. I'm stupid. Like all these things are so detrimental. And these teenagers grow into adults who actually believe that about themselves. And that's Mm -hmm. why one of the biggest issues, like for women, for, I work kind of with young women a lot, the younger women. Um, I have sisters who are teenagers and, um, they like to come over to my house and have get togethers. And, you know, they kind of confide in me and like the big, one of the biggest issues that all of these like teenage girls have in common is body confidence issues and low self-esteem because of the derogatory language and the bullying that and bullying a lot of times is from the peers. Yes. But Mm -hmm to me, like derogatory terms is kind of a form of bullying, honestly. Well, you hear it, you hear it all the time. So I know that we have other terms, like we have other ways of being derogatory without even realizing it, but I want to stay on the body image for one second, Mm -hmm. because I had this discussion with another mom who has daughters. I don't, I don't have a daughter, but, and this is not, this was not us 
um, this was not being like, oh, our parents did a bad job or our moms did a bad job. That was not it. It was literally us just recognizing a pattern and how we had reacted to it. And we we're like, okay, that's how we reacted to it. We want to change that pattern going forward. And it was very much always, um, you gain weight in your hips. You, t- if you gain weight, it's always in your hips. So that's something you're always going to have to watch. Mm-hmm. And my best friend growing up will tell you this, like that was always our thing all the time. Whenever we would try on clothes, we're like, does this make my butt look big? And like, <laughs> I know like now that's like socially, everybody wants that. Yeah. But <laughs> growing up, it was always like, oh my gosh, how can you just, you're, you want to bring no, no notice to it, which I mean, you don't want to bring notice to it. That's not what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but like I just grew up always like being conscious, like, oh, you always are going to gain weight in your butt. You're always going to have to work on that. You're always going to have to watch it. You're always going to have to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I had that, um, this mom I was talking to was like, I had that body image. Like I still have it. She's like, and I have multiple kids and it's just always in my head. And I will look at pictures where I'm not, I'm not overweight. And I think I'm overweight Mm -hmm. because that's what I had. Um, And so growing up and so having to rewire that is, um, is hard. (laughs) And so she was just saying, when I talk to my daughter about things, um, especially as she's going through puberty, um, you know, and the hormones hit when you hit puberty. So you actually start developing and it's very much just, okay, this is going, this food is going to make you feel better. It will probably give you more energy. Um, you know, we, I work with hormones. So she's like, you know, this is going to help support your hormones instead of like, no, 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 no. You want to stay away from that drink. Like it's mm-hmm. a moment on the lips forever on the hips. Like mm-hmm. I just, I think we say those things. And as parents, like we're derogatory on ourselves. Like we're always like, Oh, like this doesn't fit very well. Or, um, yeah, I just don't like the way I look in that they're watching, they're Mm -hmm. hearing and the little things that we say to them, like, Oh, that's, Oh, that doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. Like when I was younger and my older sibling or someone was like, Oh, that doesn't look good to me. It wasn't like, Oh, that outfit doesn't look good together. It was like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me. And so And I'm like, I'm not discounting. I'm not saying bad about any of these people. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, I personally going forward, think twice about when I comment on appearance or say anything like that, um, to, to teenagers and specifically my, um, my teenage girl students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're so impressionable at that age too, that you are taking in all this stuff and like, it really does. It sticks with you. It does. It sticks with you like for a very long time. And yeah, we have adults who struggle with that. I mean, I struggle with body image sometimes, you know, like I've had a kid and so things are different Mm -hmm. than they used to be. And (laughs) yeah, it's hard. It's like, you have to go through that battle all over again of like, I'm not overweight. I'm not, you know, fat, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, also when did like the way our bodies look be become such a, like the end all be all anyway. I mean, that's a whole other topic, but we shouldn't be so focused anyway. Like let's focus more in the inside. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And even when it comes to, okay, I'm going to, I'm probably going to quote this book again, a thousand times throughout this podcast, but if you have not read Dr. Sachs's books, like everybody needs to read them. He has one, like why gender matters, the collapse of parenting, um, 
Boys Adrift. And I know he has one on girls, which I haven't read yet because I don't have a girl. Um, but I am going to read. But he talks about how you compliment a child is so important on how their next task is going to be. And he's a pediatrician. And I believe, I don't, I'm not sure if he is a psychologist, but I know he's a pediatrician. And so he sees all of these kids and he says that if it's a task that um, requires like hard work, you don't ever go, oh, like, for example, a math test that they did well on, you don't go, oh, wow, you're so smart. You go, wow, you must have worked really hard on that. But if they do something that was a good deed, like um, they shared their sandwich, you don't say that was a nice thing to do. You actually say, wow, you are a very nice person for doing that. And it's just how they perceive um, the different things. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Because how they- I, Leah was yeah. just telling me about Dr. Sachs and I need to order all of his books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I love that. But I mean, words do matter, you know, like- they do people can say, Oh, it's just words. Like, you know, words can't hurt me, but they do matter and they do hurt. And especially when you're young, they hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. So be kind to people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just back to the whole, like what you tell teenagers is what they're going to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so for women, you know, I kind of, or young women, I use the example of like body image is a huge thing with men. So I have a young brother-in-law. I have young brothers. I have like, I have been around lots of younger boys <laughs> mm-hmm. and a big thing that they are told a lot. And I've, you know, talking to other moms also of boys is, well, you're a boy. You can't control yourself. Hell boys will be boys. Like you need to, yeah, get your shizzle together and stop, you know, I mean, this kind of goes into like the sexual realm, but you know, it's just, they're so harped on in that matter. So harped on all the time. Like they Mm -hmm. can't control themselves. And I'm not a believer that like young people should even have social media. So that's also kind of a different topic, but I don't really, I don't believe it's good for them. And lots of, for lots and lots of reasons. One of the reasons being mental health, another reason being to the easy access to porn. Um, so even, I mean, you can put filters in place, even with filters in place, you have to be super, super careful, super, super aware, but if these young men are constantly being told as they're young that they can't control themselves, oh, boys will be boys. So many men have such issues with having porn addictions as adults. And as you know, we are Catholic, we, we don't believe in porn. We're, you know, that's a no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's again, even not from the moral standard standpoint, oh, yeah. but even like, if you look it up and you listen, look at like what doctors say about it also very detrimental to men's mental health, their view on sexuality, yeah. their, um, expectations and their sexual partner. Like it's yeah, not yeah. good for so many reasons, but you're kind of setting them up for failure by telling them they can't control themselves because then they get older. And then they're like, well, I can't control myself. I'm a guy. It's what I do. So yes. And I always was blood to believe like men are animals. They can't yes. control oh my themselves. Gosh. I was kind of scared of them, Yeah, I, you know, cause it was like, ugh, they can't control themselves. You mm-hmm. always hear that. That's very like literally yes. that phrase. Yes. And they I can't think- control themselves. Or like you said, they're animals or they're pigs. Like those are the three things that I mm-hmm. constantly hear. And I'm like, we need to stop saying that because they can control themselves. Yes, they can. And that's like, learn. yes, exactly. And that's so derogatory to me too, to be like, Oh, you can't control yourself. Like, wow. You have no faith in me. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, like 
whenever my husband like hears that term, he's like, what am I a cheetah? <laughs> like I, <laughs> I can, I, I can think, <laughs> you know, and it, it like, it takes two, it takes two to tango. And so I went, even just going back to the whole, like men can't control themselves. So girls, like you have to be so careful. You have to do blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, yes, you do have to be careful, but yes, men can control themselves if mm-hmm. they are taught and they learn and they flex that muscle, just like girls. Mm-hmm. We also have to, you know, and I, I know that we're going to bring an expert on for like the porn, but like that doesn't, yeah. um, that doesn't dismiss the fact that like, that is something um, women struggle with. That's not just a oh, yeah. men's thing. And I think, you know, when we categorize like that, we always, it's something that men, you never talk about it to your girls. You never like warn them or prepare them because it's, it's also a muscle you need to flex. You mm-hmm. need to learn. Yep. It's so true. I mean, yes, we are going to bring an expert on later on to talk about that, but it's just, it is so important to realize like for boys and girls, I mean, even men even have body image issues. Like it's not just women. I was just saying like, these are the most common things that I hear geared Mm -hmm. towards men or women, but they do go both ways. I mean, there are definitely boys who have body image issues also. Oh yeah. So I agree. I think that in society, like, I think body image is just more put on girls, but like, yes. it doesn't mean that, um, yeah, it doesn't go that way. How you talk to, um, your teens though, and to all teens in your life, I'm not talking like about just your kids. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking to me as a teacher, um, Catherine, as a mentor, like, um, how you talk the to the teenager them. you see at the grocery store who's yeah. your clerk like or your bagger like exactly and yeah. I'm not saying you like go out of your way to like tippy toe on eggshells like the exact no. opposite mm-hmm. I think that um you respect them but you also I just don't even know how to say this but like if you have a teenager that most people view as like oh a rambunctious like causes trouble Mm-hmm. and you're brand new to them, but you have known their history. I bet you, you're, you know, you're probably going to treat them like, oh, they're probably going to do something wrong. Guess what? They sense that they're probably going to do something. But if mm-hmm. you come in, like not knowing that history and you have a blank slate with them and you treat them like you expect them to do what they're supposed to do. I bet you you're going to have a lot more success. Like I have that all the time with my students. Like even if the parents like, oh, they didn't practice like, or they're having a really hard time with this or blah, 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 blah. I'll sit them down before we start their lesson. And I'm like, okay, so I bet you killed this piece. Like, I know that there was that really tricky part in there, but I'm sure that you did amazing at it. And just rephrasing that they do so much better. Yeah. So much better. Yeah. Okay. You just hit on something that I, also think is super important. And that I love to talk about on this topic is that we need to let our teenagers know that it's okay to be, to fail at something. Like it's okay to fail at something or to make a mistake because nobody's perfect. We as adults definitely make mistakes. We do not have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like a lot of parents complain that their teenagers don't, don't come to them for anything. Right. Like I'm not connected to my teenager. They won't talk to me. Uh, they won't let me give them affection. Like they want nothing to do with me. That's like the norm you see in like media on commercials, like all over the place. There's even like a, I think it's tied has a commercial. That's like 
the parents are doing all the teenagers laundry and he just throws them the laundry before he leaves and he doesn't say goodbye or anything and it's like supposed to be uh, funny but it's like he's not they're not involved in each other's <coughs> lives really and it's actually kind of, to me I'm like wow that's sad but it's supposed to be funny yeah but that it's when you like allow your teenagers to make mistakes and fail at things you're allowing them to just be human. And then you're actually opening up the pathway for communication because they know that you, they can come to you with issues that they have. Like, wouldn't you rather your teenager, teenager make a mistake, even if it's a really big one, and then come to you about it and tell you and be honest. And there's actually a story that um, is from my uncle. So my uncle has all boys and he has like two teenage boys now. <laughs> and um, my cousin when he was I think he was like 14 at the time had a girlfriend and they're Catholic and um Tyler is his name he came to my uncle and was like um I kind of want to break up with my girlfriend and my uncle's like okay that's fine like curious like why like what happened and he's like well she wanted to have sex and I didn't want to at 14 and uncle, my uncle was like, okay, I'm very proud of you for coming to me with this. Like, I'm glad that you didn't act on it or like uh, succumb to peer pressure or anything. Like that's definitely valid. And then he like coached him on how to break up in a kind, charitable way that, you know, it wasn't making her feel judged because mm-hmm. she just came from a different background, but also, um, yeah, just like in a kind, charitable way, but also setting his boundary that that's not something he was interested in doing. Um, and yeah. like, that was so to me, that just spoke volumes of the open communication that they have, that their kids know that they can come to them with these big issues and tell them and not be like shot down for it or judged or like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you were talking about that. You know? Yeah. Kids are going to talk about this stuff. Okay. Like look in the world that we're in sex and especially sex is so pushed in our face everywhere Mm -hmm. that of course it's going to be a topic that comes up at some point. (laughs) So why don't you have your teens be able to come to you with that you know what I mean and okay I feel like this is not even becoming a team talk anymore but (laughs) going back to the so the sex is everywhere and I know that so many people think that if I just shelter and put them in this little bubble they will never hear about it they'll never see about it because Mm -hmm. it is not in our home it's not here so we don't need to talk about it and then they hear about it from their friends. And I know you think that like you have all the friends covered, but who they hear it about from who they hear about it from first is who they're going to go to when they have questions. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because if they hear about it from Joe down the blow street, I I don't even know. Like I just, if they have questions, they're not going to come to mom or dad because mom or dad didn't tell them about it. They're right. probably going to get in trouble if they tell mom because, or dad, cause they know about it. And so I think starting that conversation young enough, just because they don't experience it in the house and the house is a safe place. Doesn't mean that they aren't going to experience that outside and they need to learn how to, um, handle it. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that we just ha- went off topic. Sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, it's very important also. And it does definitely tie in. I think there is someone I have in mind who I want to bring on to talk about that, like how to talk to your teenagers and young people about sex. So that's something that we're very working important. on. Yes. That's something we're working on. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it ties in. I mean, of course it does, but yeah, I mean, 
just being able to have, like I said, like that open communication and like you just mentioned, be the, like the proprietor of having open communication. You can't just expect your teen to come to you. Like Mm -hmm. you need to be actively going to your teen. And like, that doesn't mean hounding them with questions and interrogating them because that never does anybody good. And then they're going to clam up more, but just letting them know that, you know, I'm here for you and I've made mistakes too. So don't think that you're going to get in trouble by coming to me with something. Um, There's also uh, Lauren Akins, who's Thomas Rhett's wife, wrote a book called Live in Love. And I read that um, at the end of last year. And she talked all about her childhood. She came from a Christian home. And it was so striking to me how her dad so when, when Lauren like was a teenager and was starting to get like noticed by the boys and everything, um, they had had like the birds and the bees, like basic talk before that point. Mm -hmm. But, um, he like sat down with her again and very like candidly was like, Hey, I know that you are like are developing. You're a very beautiful young woman. Boys are going to notice you. And you know, what, what that means is that, you know, not everyone's brought up the same way as you. And so some boys are going to think like, dirty thoughts about you, or they're going to share like pictures of you and take them on the sly and share them around school. Um, oh yeah. Stuff like that happens like a lot. You'd be a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but he was like, you know, and I understand that it's a temptation to, you know, just get involved in all of that and maybe succumb to peer pressure of a boyfriend or something, um, who wants to have sex, but he's like, just, you have to realize that your mom and I did have sex before we got married. And that said, Lauren, like in the book, Lauren says that she like kind of got like thrown on her butt when he said that, because she didn't, she had no idea. Not that she like was scandalized anyway, but cause she knew it was, you know, she knew about sex. She knew about the birds and the bees, but she always just, you know, you, in your mind, you think that your parents are kind of perfect yeah, <laughs> up until like a certain point. Um, but she said it was good because he, opened up that communication and let her know, look, I've made mistakes. And so these exact mistakes is why I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. I know the repercussions and I don't want you to go down the same road that I went down because it wasn't a good road and it wasn't smart. So Lauren actually saved herself for marriage because she said she, she attributes her saving herself to her dad's talk, even though they were brought up Christian to save mm-hmm. themselves. That's what she attributes to is because her dad was vulnerable and open that, Hey, I've made mistakes and I made that exact mistake. And I regret doing that. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Yeah. I mean, you have to obviously take into account ages and as a parent, you kind of have intuition of like when your kid is ready for certain topics and not ready for others. But I think it's so important to let your kids know of like certain mistakes that maybe you've made, or if you within haven't made reason. that exact. Yeah exactly within reason. And, but if if maybe you haven't made that exact mistake that they're struggling with, or maybe, you know, someone who has just giving them like tangible examples to let them know that like, we're human too. Like we don't have everything figured out and we can help you, or this person can help you because they've already gone down that road and we don't want you to have to go down that road. Yeah. And I feel like, um, sometimes too, like, and I know, um, it's, it's building rapports is something my husband's really good at and is when you need somebody to open up to you. And I mean, you have to be careful because you don't want like a mistake to get thrown back in your face. You know, sometimes you're taking that gamble. Um, and so, like I said, within reason, like you're not, you know, you have to use your best judgment there, but 
that also does create that rapport like hey I'm not perfect so if you screw up like you can come talk to me Mm -hmm. um I think is very helpful in that state and age but Mm -hmm. something that my mom did that I really really loved is my personality is a lot like my mom she talks a lot (laughs) um but she would take us out or take me out to lunch or like on a day by ourselves Mm -hmm. and it was typically like we had some appointment or whatever but she would take us it would take a take me out to lunch and it would just there would be no agenda like it was Mm -hmm. I didn't worry that she was gonna yell at me or something like that it was just like oh we like Mexican food like we're gonna go eat Mexican food and I can guarantee you that some point by the end of the day I would let her know what was going on at school yeah she never asked she never asked but it was just like that quiet time and giving me the space to talk if I wanted to you know like she never asked like hey what's going on at school like you know is there trouble like blah 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 blah. it was just the fact that like I just got all the attention she took me out to lunch blah 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 blah. it felt safe for me I guess for lack Mm -hmm. of a better and I think that's really important and it's hard if you have a lot of kids, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I have like 10 kids. <laughs> do I like take them all out to lunch? Okay. Maybe you don't do that every week, but you know, yeah. giving them that time is I think very important. Yeah. I mean, I liked it when I was younger. Yeah. It worked. I love that. That's so cool that your mom did that. My, my, my parents definitely, both my dad and my mom did the same thing. I think it's like you said, it gives that safe space and also like obviously you love your kids, but giving them that one-on-one time and like letting them know that like you're, you don't have an agenda in mind. You literally just want to spend time with them Mm -hmm. allows them to realize that, oh, wow. My parents like, yeah, they do care about me and they are not yeah trying to like push anything on me or like pry into like the interrogation thing I was talking about. I'm not here for an interrogation. They're literally just trying to hang out with me. Yeah. I, it's so, and then naturally, yeah, naturally. I yeah because I would do the same thing that's when I'd be like hey this is bothering me they didn't ask yeah. me I mean occasionally yeah. my dad he just always knew so he'd ask me <laughs> what's but, bothering you <laughs> yeah are you okay uh, yeah <laughs> but most of the time I would just voluntarily bring up whatever it was because I was given that space like you said yeah no I, th- I think it's really and even like giving the space um <sighs> And something else that you said earlier reminded me of this is teaching them how to disagree. So mm-hmm. like very, like at an appropriate age, like picking a topic that's simple enough for them to disagree. I learned about this. Take a guess. You guys in Dr. Sachs's books, <laughs> um, he said, pick a topic that is obviously not like, oh, I think you should go to bed early and teen wants to stay up late. Like not a topic <laughs> like that, but you know, a simple video where maybe you thought it was boring and they loved it, you know, and it wasn't, it's not a bad movie or something, but you literally disagree with them on purpose to teach them how to have a conversation about disagreements Mm -hmm. without getting heated and yelling and taking it personal. And you practice it because that will a help them in adulthood to have disagreements that just because I disagree with you, Catherine, doesn't mean that I hate you. Mm -hmm which I think is totally lost in today's society, but mm-hmm. it also helps with your teen growing up because they have practiced that skill. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that you can use that later on in life as well. With oh them. my gosh. Yeah. And so many things. 
I just love his books. They're so. I good. know. I just. I'm seriously. I need to go on Amazon and just order them all. <laughs> thrift books is a great place, you guys. Yes. Thrift books. Yeah, thrift books. That's right. They have really good books that are not super expensive. A lot of the yeah, times. just depending on the one. Yeah. Uh, and now the um, last thing I wanted to kind of mention with this is like let it so I'd already kind of talked about like letting them fail but also letting them dream which mm-hmm. goes back to the impulse control thing yeah. they're probably going to have like five million things that they want to do after high school and, and that's unrealistic. okay unrealistic yeah totally you're probably thinking like okay there's no way you're doing that like you are not you don't have the talents for that you don't say that to your teenager <laughs> honestly yeah. I don't think most parents do but they might be like try to steer them in a different direction instead of trying to steer them in a different direction allow them to explore it a little bit my dad actually did this with me i for a time was convinced that i was going to be a veterinarian i was like yep i've always loved animals i we had a farm that was my jam i loved working with all our animals and i was like i'm gonna be veterinarian and i'm gonna work for my grandpa who had a huge cattle farm and that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) and instead of like discouraging me or like being like maybe you should go a different route he actually set up for me to do a job shadow at a veterinary clinic and it was like one of the best experiences ever. I literally just followed pe- like the technicians around or, and I was able to actually be hands-on and help with certain things. I got to watch surgeries. I got to take the dogs out for walks. Like that's so cool. It was so fun and so cool, but like I was su- at a super enjoyable experience, but it made me realize like, I don't actually really want to do that. Like I love animals, but I don't want to deal with like the medicine part of Mm -hmm. it I just love animals and I'm like maybe I'll like I want to have a farm one day but I don't want to deal with like the medicine but I wouldn't have known that if he wouldn't have given me the space to explore it or Mm -hmm. like yeah there's I don't know other topics that's the example that I have for me personally you down it just was like oh okay so also I just think asking them questions so they can dare to dream so they don't get shot down. Like I, this is my favorite question. So, um, I mean, I haven't been to the barn with, um, any of these girls in a really long time, but there used to be young girls that would work at the barn when I was there and I always be like, Hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Yeah. And they'd be like, uh, probably just work at Kroger. Cause that's what everybody does. <laughs> and I was like, um, okay, well, what do you like to do? Um, I don't know. I really like dogs and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you could be a dog trainer. And they're like, I could. I was like, yeah, rent books from the library, start reading about it, find a dog to train. And she did it. Like, I don't think she's actually a dog trainer, but like, she's like, I read these books and she has a dog now and she's training it. And I think that is so cool to like ask questions to allow them to dream because sometimes like, I don't know how it happened, but they get shut into a box of like, um, I can't do anything. Like the idea of like dreaming to become like an American girl clothes designer is just like, that's unrealistic. Why would I ever? That's like, well, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool that Mac. Yeah. Now see, she didn't actually become a trainer, but she's still utilizing all the stuff she read. And even if, you know, you don't utilize what you learn, like I'm not utilizing veterinary medicine, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I still love animals. I have a dog and a cat and one day we want to have a farm. We're getting chickens in the spring and like oh, chickens stink girl. Oh yeah, like, they do. But I want fresh eggs. So <laughs> uh, I am not getting chickens until Landon's old enough to take care of them. 
<laughs> send him out. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, oh. but like you, maybe you'll just find an appreciation for things that you wouldn't have otherwise. Or like, it just, yeah, it just, again, flexes that muscle for you to dream bigger and not just be confined to, well, everyone else that I know does this. They work at Kroger or they work mm-hmm. at Papa John's or, you know, they Uber. <laughs> like, I know what you were going to say. <laughs> But yes, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Like it just allows them, yeah, to like have the space to dream big. And like as a so many adults, we just don't have we haven't flexed that muscle. So we just don't know how to dream. And so we do shut ourselves in these little boxes and we have limiting beliefs of what we actually are capable of. And we are Mm -hmm. capable of so much more than we think we are. And that is going to start when you're young. Yeah. Life starts at the end of your comfort zone. Yes, I totally quoted Lionel Richie, but it's a from really Mary- good quote. Yeah, from Idol. I just watched <laughs> yes. that like the other day. <laughs> it was good. I know it was. I was like, hey, Lionel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we would love if you would share some thoughts um, on this with us. You know, is there a derogatory term that like, you know, grates your nerves and how would you rephrase it? I would love that. And something else that Catherine and I would love is because we have you I'm assuming if you listen this far like you probably like the episode or maybe you didn't I don't know but if you made it this far we've been getting messages um on Instagram from you guys saying which episodes you liked which parts of episodes we you liked and please keep doing that because it helps us curate um more topics that we think you would be interested in but we would love it if you went and wrote a review because that helps get our podcast out and that helps share it with other women. And if you're in the messages telling us that you love it and you're listening to it, just taking three seconds right now. I mean, not if you're driving, do it when you get home, but if you aren't driving, like go to the Apple podcast and rate and review us what what you like about us or what you don't like about us, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. We would just love for you to share our thoughts your thoughts because we have it in the messages but we would also love it on the podcast as well thank you for listening to the just between us women podcast you can find us on instagram at just between us women podcast and we absolutely would love to hear from you if you found this episode helpful share it with a friend and be sure to share it to your instagram story and tag us so we can see you can expect episodes every tuesday